Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 24, beginning with the first verse. Now, by this time, Genesis has uh, gone on for a little while. Genesis already, uh, Abraham's already had his baby and all types of things have happened. And the Bible says here, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age. You know, growing old is a privilege, but growing up is a choice. And we're going to see here that Abraham really matured and, and, and he actually not only got old, he grew up. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. A couple was asked how they managed to stay together for, for 65 whole years. And the wife replied, we were born in, in a time that if something was broke, you fixed it, not throw it away. And Abraham had, had lived a long, prosperous and successful life. And uh, as he got older, wisdom really began to, to set in. And he did not want to go on to his reward until he made sure everything was set for the next generation. So in verse two, Abraham said to his oldest servant who was getting old as well uh, of his house, who had ruled over all that has had. And by the way, his name was Eliezer. In other places, we, we hear his name. Some say that the reason his name was not mentioned in, in the chapter we're in, chapter 24, which is actually the longest chapter in Genesis, is because he's a type of the Holy Spirit that often goes uh, unnamed. But what I want you to see from Eliezer is you could still be a first-rate person, though you never sit in the first chair. That, that's super important. You see, my goal in life is not, is not to be better than you or to be better than anyone else, just the best me. And, and that's my whole goal. You see, if the best me is number 16, if the best me is a third string player, I'm going to be rewarded for just doing the best that I can do. You know, God's not going to give rewards on, on how much people loved you and how many people liked you. It's going to be, did you do what I called you to do with your gifting and your ability? So, you know, I'm in competition with no one but myself. And that, that, that's the freest way that you can live when you're just trying to do the best you possible. And then he said... Abraham says to Eliezer, uh, please put your hand under my thigh. Now, this was the way that they, they swore back then. They didn't have Bibles to swear on. So uh, this is how uh, they did it. But how many of y'all think that's just a little bit unusual? Okay. Uh, but, you know, we won't judge, all right? But this is how they did it. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth. And that's important. He's just not a God of heaven. He's also God of earth. So those challenges on 234 right down Van Buren, God also knows how to handle the earth. So my faith is stuck and stayed on him. He said that uh, you would not take a wife. Here, here was the father's request. Listen, do not get a wife for my boy from the, the daughters of the Canaanites. I know them and I know what they're like among whom I, I dwell. So he wanted to make sure that his son married a girl that, that served the, the same God and shared the same values. I often say to my boys, you know, I'll, I'll ask them about the girl they happen to be dating at the time. And, uh, you know, I'll be like, well, does she love Jesus? Well, um, she goes to church. Well, well, here's the deal. 
Just like everything in a garage is not necessarily a car. <laughs> Guys, you see, everybody in church doesn't value God the same way. See, there are a lot of people in church value God about that high. But you want to have a, a, a person like with the same values. So if you value God this high, they value God that high. So it's not just a matter of did they say a prayer. It's also a matter of priority and importance. And my hope is with my young man is, is they, they, they run after God and, and then they keep running. Then they look to the right and left and there's a girl keeping up say, well, you might be the one. That's the goal. That I want them to marry above just about anything else. Because after Jesus, that's your most important choice, who you marry. I want them to marry folks that love uh, the Lord. It, it, it's a dangerous thing to trust your heart with the person who doesn't even answer to God. I mean, you know, most of us aren't even six feet tall, so they're they, they going to answer to you, but they don't even answer to God. So you want to marry someone. Y'all getting quiet already. I didn't even get to the tough stuff yet. Who has an earnest respect for God. He said, this is what I want you to do. Go, go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son. Now, Isaac was nearly 40 years of age at, at this point, and he was still single. So there's nothing wrong with, with being single and male at, at 40. Marriage is not necessarily for, for everyone. But for those of us that are in the market, this lets us know there's hope for people over 40, okay? You know, God knows how to work things out. And maybe, you know, he, he has a plan that he's working on. Skip to verse 10. I feel like this is going to be a tough crowd this morning. <laughs> then the servant took 10 of his master's camels. During this period, uh, camels were really just being introduced. And uh, they were extremely rare and, and extremely expensive. So for them to, uh, to send out 10 camels, not just one. I mean, if you did really well in life, you had one camel. But to send out a, a caravan or convoy of these, these camels was, was like sending out 10 high-end vehicles in our day. So he took 10 of his master's camels and departed. And then it says, for all his master's goods were in his hand. So uh, back then, uh, you wanted to make sure that the person you were marrying understood that you could take care of them. And uh, we kind of do that today. We, we, we take a girl out to dinner, and it's a restaurant. We really can't afford all that's in the restaurant, but we pretend like we can, and we tell her, order whatever you want, you know. <laughs> Under our breaths, like, please don't, you know. Um, but, you know, you want to put your best foot forward, and, and you do that because you want her to know that I could take care of you, and, and, and I'm looking out for you, and I'm going to bring you to a great place, and in life. And so what, what he did is he took a representative sample of all of Abraham's wealth uh, with him on these 10 candles. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, uh, which is one of the oldest civilizations on earth. It was about a three weeks journey. It was between the Euphrates and the Tigris River. And uh, they, they get on a journey and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. Now, in order for you to understand what's happening, I'm going to have to use uh, imperfect modern analogies here. So, again, they're, they're riding on camels, and camels need water. 
Now, the thing about camels is they're unlike, you know, horses. They go a long time without water, but it was time for them to, to get some water. So basically what happens here is Eliezer stops for some gas. And this gas station happened to double, yeah, for, for a coffee shop. And uh, uh, because, again, the, the analogies aren't perfect here, but uh, he, 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 at this time, women got together at the well. And they would come usually either early in the morning or in the evening. And this is when you see your neighbors that lived across town, if you will, and all the ladies come together, uh, share their gossip, uh, you know, recipes and, and talk about, you know, what the children were doing, et cetera. So this was time all, all the ladies got together. So you kind of just imagine them sipping coffee and, and all the rest. And it says, and he did this at a time when women go out to draw water. So, so we see that. So this is a one shop town, if you will. And the coffee shop is filled with all the local ladies. And then these 10 black SUVs pull in to the station. And the ladies couldn't help but look out of the window to see who was going to step out of those cars. And then when he, when he saw it, he said, he started praying to me because he's overwhelmed. You know, how do I know which lady to bring back to Isaac? So he said, oh, Lord, my master, please give me success this day. And show kindness to my master Abraham. So he's doing this again for Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and all the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. So it says all the daughters, or the daughters of the men of the city are out. So you see what I'm saying? This is, this is the, really the Bible's way of saying it was all hips, lips, and fingertips in, in, in this area. And, uh, you know, they walked out carrying water pots on their heads, and uh, they would fill them, and, and they would have the conversation, socialize, catch up, and, and this was going on. And if there were boys, they were typically young boys, teenagers, and they were off at, at a distance. The daughters were with them. So this is really girl time. And then uh, all the daughters of the men of the city were, were there. So, you know, got them all standing right there. Verse 14. Now, let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink. Then he adds, and I will also give your camels a drink. So she's going to offer him a drink and his camels. All he's going to do is ask her for a little drink, and she's going to do a little bit extra. They said, let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, Isaac. Now, we probably do not realize the magnitude of this request because very few of us have ridden camels. And if we did, it was for a few moments and certainly not, not for three weeks. What was happening here, Eliezer did not just want a woman that would be caring enough to give him a drink. He wanted a woman that would be generous enough to actually water all his camels. Now, this is the bar that he sets for the woman that he's going to bring back to Isaac. And we already know he had 10 camels. Now, a camel drinks 30 to 50 gallons of water in one session. Yeah. So in order for this woman to do this, she would have to be absolutely amazing. And then it says, and by this, or if she does this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. If I meet a woman this exceptional, that all I do is ask her for a little bit of water, and she not only gives me water, but feeds my camels. If there's a woman of, of that caliber, I will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she's God's choice. You see, some of us set our qualifications for relationships so low. 
that's like, Lord, if he brushes his teeth every day. Lord, if he just has two legs. But this was not how he operated. And he was not willing to lower the bar for anyone. And in verse 5, God heard the prayer. Obviously, he agreed with the prayer and probably even inspired the prayer. Because it happened before he had finished speaking. I mean, he's just saying the amens were just falling off his lips. Behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abram's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. So I guess she moved it from her head to a shoulder. And, and it's amazing, though, how God will confirm our right choices. You know, it's also amazing how many more coincidences happen when I'm a praying person. And, and you know, you just think she just happened to be, no, 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 he prayed a prayer. And this woman shows up with this picture on her, her shoulder. And in verse 16, now the young woman was very beautiful, not just beautiful, very beautiful to behold. So she had beauty on the outside, but he set this bar so high because he wanted to make sure she also had beauty within. But here's the thing when we get super spiritual and then you end up in my office talking about, you know what, we're thinking about going our separate ways because here's the deal. I love the Lord and as spiritual as I am, I don't want to have to pray in tongues a half hour before I look at my wife in the morning. I don't want to have to be that spiritual. No, no, what you don't, no, no, hold on, hold on. Y'all are tough. You see, the reason we don't ask God to bring a person in our life, because we're afraid that he's just going to look at the spiritual piece. But it says this woman was very beautiful to behold. Maybe not to me, but certainly to Isaac. And if God doesn't make you attracted to the person, it's going to be a torturous 50 years. So, no, spirituality first, but not spirituality alone. No, this is important because people mishear me and misread the Bible. You want there to be some natural attraction. You don't want to have to work yourself up into a kiss. I mean, marriage is hard enough. So, what I'm saying to you singles is that God will take care of the outside and the inside. He knows how to bring both. But please don't misunderstand. They may not look like a magazine, but as long as they look good to you. Do you understand? All right. Now, this young woman was very beautiful to behold, but a pretty face can never compensate for an ugly heart. So he had to make sure there was more than that. When I married my wife, at first I saw she was beautiful, but we didn't stop there. It's as we got to know each other and, and we had to check some boxes before we got to the place that we walked down the altar. The Bible says she was a virgin. No man had known her, meaning Isaac wasn't out there trying to steal another man's wife. And if you're tired of being the other woman, how about trying to stick with your own man? That, that. See, some of us create our own storm and then get upset when it rains. See, y'all need this word. Y'all need this word. But just in case, 
Just in case, it sounds like I'm picking on the ladies. Too much movement. Everyone settle down. Settle down. <laughs> Let me tell you this uh, from a female perspective. Uh, this, is, this is a story told by the Wintu tribal elders. I'm actually going to read it to you. And it's how the female eagle chooses her mate. And since I'm not a biologist, I cannot vouch for all these facts. Uh, and you can't always believe the Internet either. But I got it on the Internet. But here's the story. And you can go home and... <laughs> Find out what's true and what's not, okay? But here's what what these elders said. They say, when it comes time for the female eagle to choose her mate, she prepares herself for many suitors. And when they come before her, she looks them over quite well and then picks one to fly with for a while. Meaning it's okay to, to, to date. It's okay to court, if you will. And if she likes the way he flies, she finds a small stick, puts it up, and flies high with it. At some point, she will drop the stick to see if the male can catch it. If he does, then she finds a larger stick. It flies much higher this time. Each time the male catches the sticks, she continues picking up larger sticks. Then she finds the larger stick. You almost at this point have have a, a, a log. And she drops it. And here's the deal. If at any time in this process, the male fails to catch the stick, she just flies away. She don't cuss him out. She don't tell him off. She don't jerk her neck. She just flies away. And it says... And this is what they said. Then she begins to search all over again. Takes a few tries sometimes. And when she finds a male she's interested in, there has to be that natural interest too. She starts testing him in the exact same way until she finds a male eagle who catches all the sticks. And then when she does, she chooses him, an eagle's mate for life. Ladies, you're not ready. Yeah, all right. Young ladies, you're not ready to date until you have some non-negotiables. Until you have some sticks. I'm not talking about everything's non-negotiable. But you have some things that, you know, I just will not settle for that. Now, they go on to say, one of the reasons for this test is that at some point, they will build a nest together, the male eagle and the eaglet. Uh, high up on a rock somewhere, and then they're going to have these little baby eagles. Um, or ing- ing- I get the babies are inglets. I guess the, the female eagles are inglet. What's she? Okay, they just, the girl eagle. Okay, thank you. <laughs> See, I, I have this problem. Squirrels, just, it just happens. I just go all over the place, but I'm back. The issue is when the babies begin to learn to fly, sometimes what happens, they, they start trying to learn to fly, but, but sometimes they fall instead. It's then that the male must catch his young. And because she tested him, he can. Now, I can't vouch for the truth of this story, but it sure is romantic. And it teaches us a few things. So in case you feel I'm just talking about the women, it's also true for the men. Back to Genesis 24 and 16. 
Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had ever known her. She went down to the well. She filled her pitcher, and she, she came up. Now, again, for most of us in that selection process, her beauty would have been enough. Her even having some water would have uh, been enough. But he didn't abandon his requirements. You see, when you start looking at all that, it is so easy to start abandoning process. But every time I walked away from process, I lived to regret it. And the servant ran to meet her. So he's excited. He's like, you know, this lady looks like the one. And he asked the question. He goes through the process. Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. Watch what she says. She says, drink, my Lord. Not only was she generous, she was polite. And she treated people, even people she didn't know. This was someone else's slave. She treated him with respect. Then watch this. She quickly, notice this word because uh, it's going to be repeated again. She quickly let her pitcher down to her hand. So she took it off her shoulder and now it's in her hand. Now, now a lot of us would be like, do I look like you're made or something? What do I look like? You ask me, <laughs> ask me, ask me for this water. You know what? Them, them days are over. You know, and that, that's what a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us would do. But. No, she gave him a drink without hesitation. And when she had finished giving him a drink, watch this, without him saying a word about it, without him even hinting, she said, I will draw water for your camels also. Watch this, not till they all get a taste, but until they have finished drinking. Meaning she was working them, them, her back and her arms. And, and that's why the, the Jewish sages, as I said a couple weeks ago, beauty was not just in the face, it was in the biceps. And, and this woman, she, she was doing the, the work. This is some uncommon stuff right here. And she draws for all the camels. And this is important because every test, God does not telegraph. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.